Hey, everybody, get ready for an informative episode from Parents' Rights in Education. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and I'm looking forward to our time together. We stand and defend the fundamental rights of all parents to raise their children and firmly believe children belong to their families, not the state, not the teachers, the teachers' union, or any other bureaucrat. I invite you to visit our website, parentsrightsined.com. Sign up to receive our news alerts. Like our Facebook page. So much information is shared on this page. Get up to speed with the latest national news. Join us. Join or form a Parents' Rights and Education affiliate chapter. Making your voice heard is always easier with others. Just grab a couple friends and you're there. We will help with training, information, branding, and contact referrals. Let's start a Facebook group for you. Submit the chapter inquiry form on our website, parentsrightsined.com. Welcome to Parents' Rights Now. I'm Suzanne Gallagher. This is part five of the Transgender Ideology in Public Schools series, and it's titled Without Parental Notification. Teacher tells eight-year-olds they can be girls or boys or both. But first I want to talk about a few current events. And so I'm going to depart slightly from that series. And that would include the COVID-19 policies in public schools and stopping CSE in Washington State and pre-chapters. COVID-19 policies for fall in Washington and Oregon are very similar. Even though the World Health Organization announced asymptomatic transfer of COVID-19 is rare, public schools are talking about 35 square feet per person uh, on the playground and all-day masks. So what's up with that? Uh, Dr. David Samadhi, Director of Men's Health and Urologic Oncology at St. Francis Hospital in New York, says, quote, we made everybody do something we call social distancing. This is a complete turnaround from their initial information. Also, quote, if you are not symptomatic with fever, shortness of breath, or the primary symptoms talked about, the risk of passing it on to other people is very rare, unquote. And I would add that it is extremely rare with children. So it's so simple. <laughs> Without symptoms, masks and social distancing are unnecessary. Stop the panic and proceed with freedom, but caution. In other words, keep your child home if he or she is sick, uh, just as you've been doing, well, pretty much all along, right? The Oregon Department of Education published their guidelines for back to school, and the return date is yet to be determined. Based on the complicated proposals, quote, ready schools, safe learners, unquote, schools can design their own blueprints following the guidelines and submit them to the state, and that must be done by August 15th. So that means parents should check out their school district's next scheduled school board work sessions or meetings and attend. Prepare a list of your requests and concern and make copies for all board members and sign up to testify at these meetings. So what is going to happen? Well, we don't know. It's pretty much you know, a likelihood, the school districts will go along with what the ODE recommends because 
they carry a pretty big stick when it comes to school boards and school districts. If I were you and I had children in the public schools, which I don't at this time, but I sure would do this if I did, and that is I would unenroll my child now. Unenroll your child. That is going to send a huge message to your local school districts and the Department of Education because they rely on your placing your child in that seat in the local public school every day. And every day that you don't do that, they lose funding. At the end of the day, just like with uh, the private sector businesses that we frequent, if we don't purchase there, if we don't frequent there, uh, if we don't support what they're doing financially, they will think twice about what they're doing. And this is a huge opportunity for us to make our will known to the public schools, that we will not have our children wearing masks all day, number one, and surrounded with plastic, number two, and not allowed to go out on the school playground and play with a friend, number three, and on and on it goes. I could bore you with all of the details that I am receiving regarding their, their policy recommendations, but I don't want to take up our valuable time doing that. Unenroll your child. If they are already enrolled in the public schools, they will be expecting them to come back to school in the fall. You can always re-enroll them, but this will give you an opportunity to make a statement to your school, and they will probably give it a strong consideration because they want you back. Okay, next, I want to spend a little bit time discussing CSE in Washington State. Parents' Rights in Education has a chapter in Southwest Washington, and they just completed a grueling two and a half months solid collecting signatures to place referendum 90 on the ballot. And uh, they are asking voters to reject the controversial CSE legislation that was just recently passed by the legislature. Legislators learned Parents are serious about their children's education, and it's about time. And those parents will not rest without making an effort to stop the misleading teaching in their public schools. CSE, although touted as age-appropriate and medically accurate, is not even close. Parents are concerned about the disproportionate focus on sexual relations in public schools beginning in kindergarten designed to change traditional sexual and gender norms of society, controversial behaviors are taught to minors, including details of anal and oral sex, mutual masturbation, and, of course, gender options. Even in light of known negative physical and emotional health outcomes for sexually active children and age-of-consent laws, minors are told they have a right to have sex, early and often, and that engaging in sexual behaviors should feel pleasurable, and actually that is the purpose of having sex. CSE also strives to establish a positive learning environment, encouraging students to use birth control. Positive features of each birth control method are reinforced, while risk factors are either glossed over or avoided altogether. Statistical facts, such as failure rates, are replaced with feelings and opinions, such as, quote, is very effective, unquote, or works better than most people may think. What? 
Parents who really care about their children want them to have a thorough knowledge of risks, both physical and emotional, in order to make an informed decision. That's the key word, a truly informed decision about sexual activity or any other risky behavior that their school might be encouraging them to participate in. Included in the FLASH and 3R's curriculums are websites. A website touted as a teacher's resource is amaze.org. That's A-M-A-Z-E dot org. Amaze.org offers multiple creative cartoons to introduce middle school students to the many gender and sexual orientation options to choose from. I highly encourage you to go online and look up amaze.org. This is how they describe their work. Watch the videos. Tell us if this is accurate. Quote, Amaze harnesses the power of digital media to provide young adolescents around the globe with medically accurate, age-appropriate, affirming, and honest sex education. They can access directly online of where they live or what school they attend. Hmm. So Amaze also strives to assist adults, parents, guardians, educators, and healthcare providers around the globe to communicate effectively and honestly about sex and sexuality with the children and adolescents in their lives. Other sites recommended are Advocates for Youth and sexetc.org. Those are two additional websites you may want to look up. That was Advocates for Youth and sexetc.org. After reading the descriptions and sex definitions, the questions that come to my mind are, why don't schools just refer students to these sites? Forget teaching them in school, taking valuable resources, money, from other academic subjects. There is absolutely no lack of information available on the internet. It is, it is overwhelming. They are very complete, and it's no wonder our teens are obsessed with sex. How in the world can these kids study? They are constantly taunted to get sexually active, create relationships, and get rid of unwanted pregnancies and diseases. In addition, they are constantly wondering who to do it with next oh, and how to keep it from their parents. Oh, most important, keep it from your parents. Most schools are very willing to assist in the latter. So many decisions and oh, and by the way, what am I anyway? Sexual health experts working for school districts would like to intimidate you into believing that you're just a Neanderthal and you don't know what's best for your child. They need all of this information to keep healthy and safe. Wrong. Many parents do not agree with these values promoted in the public schools. So knowing we do not have community agreement and in the name of diversity and recognition of family values, who should have the final say? We believe this is a decision for the parents. This is pretty sad and it's going on in our schools. I'd like to share a story with you from a mother that I just received recently. And many people contact us 
uh, on the internet, on Facebook, actually, primarily, but they also send us messages on our website through the contact form. And we welcome them. In fact, we highlight these stories because it's so important for parents to know that this is actually happening in their, in their schools. And the most important thing that we share is which school district and which school it occurred in. Because um, whether we like it or not, nobody wants to believe that this is going on in their own school or their school district or their state. So this mom gave me permission to tell her story, and that is what I'm going to do for the balance of our episode today. The school district is Westland Wilsonville, Willamette Primary. She said, good evening, Suzanne. My third grade, that's eight years old, daughter told me about a month before COVID that her teacher held up a number line with a boy on one side and a girl on the other. So envision this line and the word neither in the middle. So a boy on one end and a girl on the other and neither in the middle. She told the kids that they could choose to be a boy or a girl. They could choose to. I believe the number line was to show the kids that they can be on a spectrum like more boy than a neither or closer to a neither and so on. My daughter told me the teacher explained that one day they can be a boy and the other day they can be a girl. And oh, it's okay to feel that way. She did mention to the class she loves being a girl and loves dressing up in high heels and pretty dresses. And that is her choice. I asked my daughter how she felt after she heard her teacher say they could choose to be a boy or a girl, and she answered, I felt like I didn't know what one plus one is. Obviously, based on her lack of vocabulary, that meant she was in complete shock. I think this affected me more than it did her, but she really stood firm protecting her teacher. I asked her if God makes mistakes. And if that helped her to understand her teacher was wrong to say that. I also explained to her that there are children who are confused and there may be other issues we don't know about happening at home. I teach love and acceptance of all people, but this was crossing the line in my book. I felt kicked in the stomach. No email or phone call to parents so we could follow up with our students and the principal. She already knew about my concern about CSE. I called her teacher, asking if she did this, and she said yes. The subject came up when a boy said he didn't like it when kids made fun of him for wearing pink. She explained the discussion proceeded to there are no boy or girl colors, to boys can wear girl dresses and girls can wear boy clothes, followed by the use of the number line. She said she didn't recall telling the kids they could choose. She defended her actions by saying there is a student who chose to be the opposite sex in their school, but it wasn't convincing. My daughter heard what she heard. I am a devout Catholic with a gay brother, rest in peace, and a gay sister, and I actually fought for gay rights along with my brother, and sister. However, even my gay sister, a teacher, 
is against this nonsense. You know, when my sister was two to 13 years old, she would cry when my mom tried to put her in a dress, screaming, I'm a boy, I'm a boy. Not until she had the surge of her beautiful female hormones, or puberty, did she embrace her feminine body, and she continues to be a beautiful woman. Imagine if she grew up in today's society. She would have been on hormone blockers, and much worse. At the time, no one explored the root problem influencing her to want to be a boy. She was sexually abused for years by her old perverted neighbor, and no father figure, and a bipolar mother who did the best she could. What this teacher did to my daughter has caused me great anxiety. What's worse is I actually like her as she is a mother of two children, educated, and I know a good person. Are these teachers brainwashed? I still feel sick about it. I was already having sleepless nights about this. Then COVID, then Floyd riots. I feel like it is the end. I try and speak out, but people twist my words. What this mother does not understand is teachers are instructed to talk this way because they think they are helping some people to, quote, find themselves, unquote. They also unfortunately worry if parents are not in agreement to proceed with transgender treatment, and they worry that these children will commit suicide. That is a false assumption. As we've discussed, the suicide rate for those who have undergone cross-sex hormones and surgery are 19 times more than the population in general. These folks are devastated when they discover their decision to transition has led them down an irreversible path resulting in sterility and a body only mimicking the opposite sex. So let's just unpack what happened here. Number one, grade school children are taught they can literally become the opposite sex and change daily if they want. Number two, they are doing this outside of any curriculum whenever the mood strikes them. Why launch into this when a boy is teased for wearing pink? It's a drastic leap from discussing a fashion choice to telling children they can change their sex, especially since sex change incorporates irreversible medical treatments and permanent mutilation of body parts. And number three, minors should not be encouraged by anyone, especially a public school employee, to entertain any decision, especially medical, that so decisively changes one's life. Situations like this are happening far too often, and the result is parents cannot trust teachers, counselors, and medical personnel with their children. It is in direct conflict with the parent-child relationship and is fodder for legal challenges. This story makes me sad and angry at the same time. I call it sangry. You see, being sad is not enough. If we don't do something about it, it will continue to happen over and over and over again. 
we have partnered with a new legal firm, Child and Parental Rights Campaign. They are preparing a writ for the Supreme Court in defense of a Dallas mother whose daughter was similarly misled by a school administrator. We are also plaintiffs on this lawsuit. If you are in agreement and you want to do something, consider forming a pre-chapter in your area. We have several springing up. The first step is to fill out the Join Us form on our website, parentsrightsined.com. Tell us a bit about why you are interested, and we will contact you to answer your questions. Like the Parents' Rights in Education Facebook page, and join a group page if if there is already one in existence. For example, if you live in Washington, we encourage you to look up the Southwest Washington chapter group and join them in the campaign to reject Referendum 90. We also have an Oregon Parents' Rights in Education group page on Facebook. And if you are serious about forming a chapter, we will create a Facebook group for you. Parents' Rights in Education affiliate chapters have the assistance and help needed to get up and running like the Washington group did. Within 30 days of approval, the Washington group was equipped with branding, website presence, training, and support. They grew quickly and boasted the most signatures gathered by any of the grassroots groups in Washington state. We invite you to join us. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and this is Parents' Rights Now. Don't forget to register for the Northwest Safe Schools Summit, featuring Walt Heyer, Heidi St. John, Todd Herman, Bernadette Royals Esquire, and Rebecca Friedrichs. The date is Saturday, October 3rd, Shiloh Inn, Portland, Oregon Airport. Check out events on our website. Parents' Rights in Education is a tax-deductible, non-profit organization. We rely solely on your contributions. Help stop sexualization of our students in public schools. Together, we can do this. See you next time to learn more about parents' rights now.